Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the Property Squad Studios of WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out right here on uh, a Monday edition, a rainy Monday edition of the Grind. Boone, good morning. Always good having you in here and uh, and a busy weekend to talk about here on the Grind. Yeah, great being here. Uh, of course, we can talk about the Vols and uh, any leftovers from recruiting and little xfl action maybe and uh it was going on sec basketball i tell you it it was the first weekend that i really felt the shift boone you know the week the weekend after the super bowl uh there's a big shift and it's when we go really from from football all the time to college basketball and i thought this past saturday you had duke north carolina you had tennessee kentucky you had a few games that really kind of hooked you uh to bring you in now the xfl wanted a piece of that action and uh and successfully at least in my household uh made that jump so it's a it's a big weekend it's a it's a transitional time but uh, i liked every minute of it there was there was basketball and football to be had all weekend yeah a little variety and uh Hey Wayne, I'll tell you what, XFL 2.0, they they may hook me. Well, uh, <laughs> you know what they said was uh, the slogan pitch. Please do not watch for one game. Do not watch for one weekend. Do not watch for one season. They're going to get us hooked in the long run. Is is what they're trying to do. I think they just need to hope that it it hooks in itself. <laughs> let alone, uh, y- you know us us being fans of it for longer but i will say you know and i haven't heard the exit numbers from yesterday but saturday uh and this is a saturday that had duke north carolina that had uh uh well well duke north carolina wasn't on espn or was on espn and the other two games were not but on abc and on fox the xfl games were the top rated viewing uh of the day so i i thought that that's a good way to start because the AAF didn't have that big of a splash. And I thought, you know, probably the best thing that could have happened for the XFL was that the games were pretty close. So you're not buying into the concept that Mr. McMahon needs to stay with his idea of half-naked men fake fighting each other? Yeah, I, I think that's 20 years ago for a reason. <laughs> uh, they they left that back in, uh, what was it? Was it 2000? Was it year 2000? I think it was 99, maybe. Either way. Or 2001. Either way. Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave it back there. No, I think this is a much cleaned up version of what he what he tried to roll out there. There wasn't any, there wasn't a lot of gimmicks uh, this weekend. There was there was actually things were done on purpose. The the referees knew what they were doing, and uh, and the coaches were were pretty cool. And and access is is as like scraping the 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 surface of what the XFL does. I mean, they literally had in-game interviews with players. Like after they made a big play, there'd be an, there'd be a a reporter down there talking to them. Like he's still he's still huffing and puffing getting the Gatorade and she's all up in his face. Yeah, I, I heard also they interviewed a guy that missed a field goal. So, uh, yeah. hey, 
hey, what better way to be a celebrity yeah. than uh, some uh, good and bad, right? Another individual, unfortunately, uh, got a little uh, emotional, dropped dropped an f bomb, and uh, it went live. But well, yeah, I, it was different. Why no? It's a it's a complete reason why you have the dump bucket button. I mean, it's it's. I about said dump bucket, but it's totally not that. But anyway, let's let's stay on Tennessee for for a little bit. Tennessee and Kentucky met up in Knoxville, and and you know Boone, I ain't gonna lie to you. I kind of had a feeling that that Tennessee was gonna fight a little bit, and uh, you know I'm I'm there, and Big Blue Nation uh, didn't let the snow that rolled right on in stop them. Uh, there was a good contingency of of Big Blue in there, and and you know. When I got there, which I got there maybe an hour before tip-off, I, I was excited for what I saw. Tennessee was was really, really working hard during warm-ups. You could tell that this is still a team that wants to learn, that wants to get better. And, uh, and, and you know, I think it showed there Saturday. There, there were moments where, uh, you know, the same old youth showed its face. You know, I thought Bowden uh, didn't have the greatest of games. I mean, he had 16 points, but he was probably – I think he was one for – one for seven, one for eight, something like that from the three-point line. So, anyway, uh, he, he was tough out from, from out there. But, nonetheless, you, what did you take away from Tennessee-Kentucky? I thought we battled pretty good because I thought I thought Kentucky came in with all the momentum. We were the young team that, that couldn't hang. And uh, and and we were right there till, till probably about two or three minutes to go in the game. Yeah, Wayne, well, you know, my, my biggest thing is uh, we couldn't get an answer – when it really, really counted on defense. Of course, I don't know if, if anyone's able to stop the three-guard tandem. Um, Kentucky knows what to do when it's a must-win situation. They were driving. We could not produce the effective defense on it. I love the fight in our dogs. I love the fact that every game we're getting a little better. We're climbing on up there. What I think what really uh, hurts us, Wayno, and I've noticed this kind of as a season-long theme, her inability the second half to lot, have like a – Folky just went off. He drew like 10 fouls. I think he had 12 points first half. And such a super effort. If we can get to the point where he continues that the second half and Triple J not having Josiah Jordan-James, that – he, this has just been the terrible season for him. Preseason growing injury and then uh, extending into now. I was looking at the other than our big three double scores, Wayno. Uh, one guy had nine. Maybe it was uh, Pons. And then, then you had a three and a one of four shooting and a two and a one of three shooting. But uh, I think if uh, Josiah James had been in there yesterday, it would have been a difference. I love Eve's pawns. Man, this guy can block <laughs> shots. I swear he's going to be in the NBA, Wayno. I uh, I've been working on my uh I've been working on my my French, Boone. Uh Les streak extends. He is now at 23 straight games with a block shot. There was a crucial, I think it was an eight-minute run, and he had three blocks. I was loving it, The man. thing is, is he, he skies it. I mean, there was one time when he blocked a shot and his shoulder was level with the rim. Oh. It beat all I'd ever seen. I was like, I was like, this guy's got springs in his shoes. But, you know, Boone, I, I take the, the Kentucky game with a grain of salt, and I know a lot of people are like, well, it's the first time Barnes has lost to, to Calipari in Knoxville. You know, that's a big thing and, and all this. This game boiled down to three things for me, Boone. 
Let's hear them. And, and one of this first one's kind of a what they could do and what we couldn't do. So they can make contested shots with contact. I, I can't count. I probably there's five or six shots where they got the foul, they got the and one, and it was they were getting blistered by defense, and they just knocked it down. And then they get the and one, and that's just a farther farther gap. Two, I can't. There was four or five where they cleaned up backside rebounds. We just couldn't. We just couldn't get them off the glass because we would push them into contested shots. They would bounce it off the rim, and their guy'd be right there to just clean it up. And I think those uh, coined with the fact that they don't miss free throws. They don't miss free throws. Uh, was was the difference in the game? They never got flustered. And I thought we did some things that should have tore them up a little bit. I thought Vescovi was all over the place. I love the effort he plays with. If we had a, a team full of Vescovis and Fulkersons, we'd have a lot of turnovers and wouldn't have a lot of a lot of vertical jump. But we'd have a really we'd have a team that play real hard. Yeah, they were twenty two or twenty five at the line, and that they know they're good. They they flat out don't miss. I was a little. I, I love those points, Wayno, and and we couldn't make open threes. By the way. We got several. The offense rolled and got us some really good looks. Jordan Bowden got three unbelievable looks. Like I don't like you ain't going to get a better look than that in practice. And he just couldn't knock it down. I, I don't know what the snake bit side of this deal is, but uh, but it just Kentucky knew where they were and, and they knew that they could keep Tennessee at arm's reach. And I thought Tennessee did a good job of of smacking around, um, but I just didn't think they could claw up and and get there. Yeah, we we were we were only able to get seven of twenty six. I mean, that's horrible. Kentucky, on the other hand, five of nine for those threes you were talking about. Wayno, did you notice? I guess you alluded to it earlier. They were able to hit the what I call moving shots, and when you can do that with the body up against you, it it's your night. And um, the young man comes through. He he had not seen playing time for Kentucky and just uh, produced and uh, there were two players they did not miss it is hard to beat a team when you have not one but two who do not miss from the field let me clarify that that's just tough to overcome and uh, but I love where we're going I'm seeing such a major improvement weekly we need to go on a tear here uh, let's see we're what 13 and 10 way no in the in the conference uh, overall record, yeah, yeah, we're uh, thirteen and ten, and we're uh, five and five in the conference. Man, if we could ring up four, five, six in a row, we would be sitting pretty. <laughs> oh, and if frogs had wings, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we do have a little tough sled here uh, for the next few. We've got uh, South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn. Uh, Arkansas again, Florida, Kentucky again, and then Auburn to finish the season. So uh, I don't I don't know that there's a lot of breathing room in this schedule left, but I will say you you know you look at it. Tennessee had to run a six man rotation. Uh, if you look at it, there was only six guys that had double figure minutes. Everybody else was the three, five, two variety, and and I think that wears on you. Uh, I thought you look at it. Kentucky had uh, they had five guys in double figures. Quickly, Richards. Uh, Maxie, uh, Hagens, and then also 
Juzang. Ju I always mess his name up, but it's okay. He plays for Kentucky. He's the but, guy I was alluding to earlier. He, he had his coming out party. You know they say he's the first in the gym and the last to leave, and he he just really, really, really pressed hard. And if he had not done this this game, it would have been a different outcome in my opinion. He was perfect from the floor. Do you know that? Yeah. He was 24 minutes, 4 of 4 from the floor, 3 of 3 from the three-point line, and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Uh, he had one offensive rebound, uh, one assist, and one steal. He had a pretty good game. Uh, I, here's what I thought. I thought, you know, you look at it, and Kentucky had a great uh, first half. They shot 56%, and Tennessee uh, shot 32%. You know, I think that's the tell of the tape. Uh, in the second half, uh, they shoot 52%. We shoot 37%. Uh, we just we just don't we don't seize the moment. And I think that's youth. I think that's – you know, there being a talent gap there, and, and that's nothing saying anything against Rick Barnes' recruiting prowess or, or the kids that we have on the court. It just is what it is. I mean, John Calipari has built his program around McDonald's All-Americans and, and recruiting five-star athletes that can come in there and play. And then here lately, very lately, he's been peppering in a, a Nick Richards or something like that, a junior and a, and a senior that's kind of the calming force on the floor, and I think it's been a been a kind of a smart move. He had a kind of a lackluster season a few years ago and made that switch. He used to have five freshmen on the floor all the time, but you, you know, I, I think it's just one of those. We saw the talent gap. We saw a little bit of, and, and I still say, uh, you know, when they when they read the starting lineup, they did the national anthems, did the starting lineup. We started four nationalities. Love it. Only one uh, – like, here's the thing. There was two Americans, so the national anthem still was the majority. But there was three other nationalities that hit the floor for Tennessee. And, and I'm not going to say that they're not really good at speaking English. I'm not even going to say that they're not fluent. But I'm saying, if, if I went to play basketball, like, just let's just say some of our guys go over and play in Europe. Do you think it's just as it's just as smooth of a transition to try to talk on the floor when you're you're talking to somebody who that's not your native language? No, think, that that would be a toughie. I think there's a little growing pain there is what I'm trying to get at that we're still experiencing, especially with Eurosh. I thought we didn't see him a whole lot in the game, and that was why because he couldn't play fast enough, his feet couldn't move fast enough because he's still learning, and they knew that Nick Richards was going to eat him up. I mean, because John Fulkerson had Richards' number most of the night. I mean, Richards was quite a bit bigger than Folky, but I, there wasn't anybody going to gonna push him around. And if they did, Fulkerson switch on the, the acting skills, and we'd get us a foul here and there. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I thought we saw the gaps that we knew were there, uh, and Tennessee battled. They scrapped with, the, with Kentucky and, and just came up on the wrong end of it. I think this is a team – that's probably the best way to explain this this Tennessee basketball team. We're scrappy. And, you know, scrappy wins basketball games. They lose some, but they'll win some games too. And I think you, you got to just take that momentum, take everything you kind of found at Kentucky and carry it to Arkansas on Tuesday night. You know what, Wayno, uh, the thing I noticed, Kentucky, another thing we need to address with them, they have these spurts where they come down the court and they score every time. And when they're doing that, and the last three minutes, if you look really close, we did not score at all. I think we were kind of in the back of our minds thinking, oh, my gosh, here's the lead. Here's a minute 40. What are we going to do? But 
Mr. Richards, they're billing him as probably the SEC MVP player. Uh, thank God he got his third foul, and he had to leave the, the neighborhood there. And when he checked out, we made a, a great run at it. Did you see that foul on Fulkerson that what, that Fulkerson didn't touch him? Oh, my gosh. The tripping foul that, that he literally tripped over his own guy? I guess I, I want to pull any hair I left have left out. Calipari is so good at distracting the referees. And I swear they get the benefit of the doubt on these calls. It drives me crazy. Well, the Blue Bloods are going to get the whistle. I mean, that that's the funny thing about watching the North Carolina Duke game. It's They're almost swallowing the whistle because they don't know which way to go with it. They're like, but they're both Blue Bloods. What are you doing now? But but anyway, I thought they gave it to the ranked team in that, in that scenario. But here's the situation. Here's the situation. I got violently angry at Thompson Bowling Arena when they called that foul. Not because it, you know, kind of because it wasn't a foul. But my big thing was, is that's going to sit Fulkerson down when we need him the most. That's going to be the foul that gets him to three. That's going to be the foul that gets him to four. And, you know, bless Rick Barnes' heart, he didn't care. He said, Fulkerson gives me the best chance to win, and he didn't take him out the whole game. Like the whole second half, I'm like, you might want to throw Urosh in there and get him a couple minutes. That way, Fulkerson's ready for that last four-minute push. And he never pulled him. And, you know, I guess uh, stones of steel is what I'll say Mr. Barnes has. But uh, he uh, he didn't foul out. He just, But I thought I also thought he had to give up a little bit on the defensive end not to foul out. Yeah, it it, it messed with him, the, the endurance, the, uh, the staying in there. And Kentucky scoring on 13 of its final 15 possessions. I bet you Viscovi and, and Fulkerson may be sleeping still to this day. To right now, yeah, they they left it all out there. The, Vescovi, what he gives you up in defense because he's not our greatest defender. I don't know if anybody thinks he is, but I don't. Uh, he he gives up a lot defensively, but a guy sitting next to him, he says, "I don't know that we score if Vescovi doesn't touch the basketball because he just he just distributes so well. He does a lot of good things. He gets things out there. He might turn it over a few times." But I think he's he's gotten a ton better at that even than he was when he started. But that guy's he's a he's a diamond that we just having to shine up right now. He's going to be a monster player. You know he keeps developing and his. Well, no, I swear his three pointer it just extends and extends. I mean, I look for him <laughs> to stand on the chair on the Vistas bench and hit one the next game. Well, guy behind me told me he said he said if you get his feet set, he said I'll put the house on it. He said, "He said, there's no stopping that guy. And he said, that's what makes Jordan Bowden not be able to hit him so mad. Makes you so mad is because you've got this guy that comes in that, that probably a couple years ago watched Jordan Bowden uh, drain some things around. But my, my stance continues to be on Jordan Bowden. You know why he's not as good right now? He's getting better defenders. He's getting two and three hands in his face too. Well, which, uh... well I'm just saying like a year ago. A year ago. Who Who – who would you say is if you want the ball? Who who on Tennessee's team would you give it to? Oh yeah, You'd so he it. was getting the third best defender, uh, Grant. Oh, uh, at best, at best, he's giving the third best defender. I would say the third best defender is probably on Alexander most of the time. Oh, and our, or Bone. Yeah, so, so he possibly fourth best guy. He's and, getting that that he's getting that guy that's giving the breather, you know, to the star. You know what I'm saying? He's getting that fourth and fifth defender. 
and he's able to, you know, kind of juke and jive and, and kind of create separation and knock one down and build confidence in being able to do that. Well, now that there's no Lamonte Turner, there's no Grant or Admiral, then he's getting guy number one or number two. And let's just face it, he's a really good basketball player, but good's not great, and great's not something that changes your life. I like how he's getting double figures lately, and I almost feel like just, just kind of coaching him a little bit and say, look, power that three-pointer up, maybe another one, and if it's off, I know Coach Barnes has told you we're going to have to shoot through it and work through it, but go inside to the closer range, knock down some twos, and get that confidence up. But, Wayno, what really kills us – from last year also, we do not have a super quick perimeter defender once we lost Lamonte Turner. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I was looking at it on the way home Saturday and just kind of me and my father-in-law bouncing ideas off each other. Like, how good could we be with Lamonte? And we kind of beat that around. And I think, you know, yeah, uh, a speedy perimeter defender, uh, a guy who can knock down a big shot when he needs to and still didn't play 100% this year and he still had those moments. But then we also flipped the switch and said, how good could we be if Bone was here? Oh, Lord. How good could we be if Grant was here? All three of those guys could have been on this team. And I don't know that we're not a Final Four team with those guys. But here's the thing I say with Bowden, and I'm no basketball coach, but I've watched enough of it to have an opinion. And that's what this whole this whole hour's about, right, Boone? We're a free country, man. Here's what I say. He's having a lot of success getting in double figures on the dribble drive, right? You've got Vescovi who can knock it down if he gets his feet set. Why not drive in hard, get the defenders to crash, and kick it to Vescovi? I mean, it's a little inside-out game. If, it, if, if he's not there, if the pass isn't there, go up strong and get fouled. I haven't, we haven't done that too much, have we? No, he goes in hard. And his only goal is to score, and he'll get the foul. But I don't know that he's ever looked to kick it back out. Also, he could kick it out to Eve's Ponds. Yeah, or a little little uh, little backside trailer, Fulkerson. You know, a little folk smash under there. I, I think a lot of things could work off of what Bowden is doing well. You I, know, think, I think I, we focus on what he's not doing well. He is driving well, and he does have a quick step. So I think I, I think we got to work that angle. I think you've just offered some valuable information uh, maybe somebody will take you up on that brother if not if not <laughs> we'll see but uh but i think i think you know they've got to kind of snap and clear they've been on this saturday tuesday trek for several weeks and and coming in tuesday nights are an arkansas team that uh they they play a brand of basketball that's going to beat you up you know tennessee just went six deep basically uh saturday against kentucky they're going to need more than that they're going to need more pieces uh, to to battle with with Arkansas and maybe maybe they didn't rush Josiah James back because they knew what Kentucky was going to bring to the table and they wanted him for another run. Unsure whether he's going to be able to go tomorrow night, but uh, I think if he comes back, you build on what you've had and like I said, just clean up. Just a I mean, we're closer. We're closer than we was two weeks ago uh, to being a good basketball team. We've just got to continue to grind it out. Uh, get the Vandys. Get the South Carolinas. Take one from Florida, go to Rupp and and rock the rock them out, and uh, and then we'll be right back on track. I know that's easier said than done, but uh, that's what Tennessee's got to do. Uh, that they had a moment Saturday where I said, you know what, they win this game here, and I think they're a team uh, that's got a shot. And I'm not saying that that shot's gone. That light's just pretty dim right now. Yeah, I agree with that. What 
what we really need to do is is get these guys experienced, get a bigger rotation. Really uh, disappointed with our big guy there. I was hoping he would get more minutes and more production. But uh, come on stronger. Keep working. I love the defensive effort. And uh, I'm still looking for this magical game, Wayno, where we get a 28 points from a guy, 22 from another, and 16. I, we've not, we have not had a game yet where uh, four guys, five have scored in double figures, have we? No. No, I, I think the most we've got is four. But I, I think the next three games are must-wins, Arkansas, South Carolina, and Vandy, because then you have Auburn, another Arkansas matchup, and then it's Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn to finish this season. So I, I think you got to win these three to gain some momentum, to gain some confidence, and then you, you grind out the finish of this season, uh, getting to hopefully an opportunity to uh, work your way in through the Southeastern Conference Tournament. But, Boone, it's 25 minutes deep into the show today, and we're only on topic one. Let's take a break, listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. Uh, as we finished last week, uh, one recruit, one white whale, if you will, is laying out there. Uh, a guy that, that could be a difference maker on a lot of teams. How could he impact the Vols? Is he worth it? That's question number one. And then do we feel like the Vols will get him? That's Mr. Evans, Mr. Zach Evans, the top recruit left to be had. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming on WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com 970-7132 Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T Shift Printing at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. Alongside Booner, uh, Boone, last week after we talked, recruiting kind of came to a close. 20, 2020 class uh, in the books. And Tennessee finished in the top ten in the country. I think a, a, a whale of a performance considering the, the movement uh, that we saw, you know, David Johnson out, uh, you know, Jay Graham in, you know, Niedermeyer moves to linebackers, and, and then Osevet becomes the tight ends coach. All that movement still locked down a lot of really good receivers, a lot of really good players, and, and really had a focus kind of uh, to, to, to build a lot of depth in a lot of positions. One, how do you, what do you think about the class? How do you think we finished? And then we'll talk about one big get – uh, still left out there. Well, you know, I, I've uh, got a couple sources. I like to check in with them and, and get the real deal. And man, I heard some news over the weekend. I, I was about ready to sole my pants. Oh, wow. This wide receiver that doubles uh, as a basketball player, smooth, does not drop the ball. Once he catches it, 
he's he's going to put some zigzags and jukes on you. And he won a – did you hear he won a dunk contest? Do what? He won a slam dunk contest in basketball. Uh, I think he was like top 75 recruit in basketball. It's going to be really interesting watching this uh, late-time receiver that we signed. And uh, there was a local radio personality also talking about him and said, uh, in his opinion, he was NFL-bound. We need to really keep an eye on him. But the big uh, 6'4", 215-pound guy. Well, I – yeah, I mean, I I saw the the nice pieces there. Sorry, I was I was trying to get ahead of the the topic here, but you you know, Boone, I I think the the D Beckwith kid you're talking about the basketball football kind of switch, he's he's a monster. I mean, he he honestly he's a better basketball player they say sometimes than than football. He just got into football here recently, but the talents there, the the length's there. He's just huge. Yeah, and um, also. Uh, the running back, it's well, – Wayno, this, this could be just unbelievable. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and – I mean, I'm excited. I don't want to get too far ahead, but hopefully he can stand back. I know I know it's a different deal. I, I know the fact that when he committed to Georgia and then backed out, I'm sure it's done, been done before. Well, he signed with Georgia and then backed out. But that's the difference. The, th- the thing we need to really get excited about, if we get him, big O if there, think of, think of these guys in the trenches. Wanya Morris, freshman, five-star, tackle. Uh, comes in in the spring, gets a few more steps than Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, freshman, five-star. Trey Smith, we were going to leave him, or lose him. He was going to leave five-star at guard. Cade Mays, we want him really bad. And then he goes to Georgia. Man, that broke our heart. He, we're trying to get him back, five-star. What would happen? We had Fulmer on the phone the other day, and we talked about that 89 TVA and I fair. And uh, he was counting on his fingers the number of guys on that O-line that went into the NFL. Wayno, well, if, if this guy will come and, and we get like Army back in the 40s, had Mr. Outside, Mr. Inside, uh, if we can get Zach, he's a juker. He, the thing about him that I've heard is he just has another gear. I, th- I think I really think he's like a Jamal Lewis speed-wise as far as turning it on, stopping on a dime, cutting, juking, and jiving. And uh, Charlie Garner combination. Uh, man, if we could get him. and uh, Well, Kennedy's coming back our center. Well, have you have you uh, have you watched this film? Yes. Like it's stupid. Like that. Like it's one of those. You know, the 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 video's so good it makes you ugly. Like I mean, it's one of those where your face just starts cring- cringling up and you're going, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, this kid's freaky. I mean, he's he's a monster. And here's the thing: Do I want him? Yes. I mean, it's like saying it's like saying you know on in fantasy football. You want Zeke? El- you want you want Zeke? Sure. Do you want Tom Brady? Sure. You want Alvin Kamara? Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those deals. Like it's it's like a spare tire. You'd rather have it, and not need it, than need it, and not have it. But but here's my question. 
One, we're not going to know anything about this cat until June. And the reason being is where he signed with Georgia in December and then they released him from his letter of intent, he can't sign another letter. So as far as locking him to a university, it's not going to happen. He has to physically enroll in classes, which is what's going to lock him to his next stop. And uh, you can't enroll in spring classes now. So we're talking June before we're going to find out anything. Just to abide by the rules. Do you buy into the fact that he's either going to us or Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin? A lot of people say A&M. A lot oh, of people's boy. got a lot of A&M crystal balls out there. But I think, it's, I, I think it's evenly distributed, and I think there's a lot of time left to recruit this kid. Because here's the deal. He can come out and go, I'm shutting it down. I'm going to Tennessee, or I'm going to Ole Miss, or I'm going to A&M. Until he enrolls in classes, people still going to call him. It ain't going to change a thing. So, to me, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy the fact that we've got, you know, coming back Chai Chandler, Eric Gray, Tim Jordan, got Jeremy Banks, however they decide to use him again. That's our muscle inside. Yeah, and then we've got T. Hodge coming in for Maryville. I mean, there's there's pieces there if we don't get him. It's just one of those deals when you it, – it's kind of like – you know, when you you ever play Rook or Uno? Oh, yeah. We'll go with Uno because that's the more common game. But, you know, you, you pick your cards up and you're like, ooh, draw four. Ooh, draw four. Ooh, draw four. And then you got that one that you can write on, the new Uno game, the one you can write on and make it whatever you want. Like, I'm like. Many options. He's one of those guys. Like, we've got a bunch of wild cards where we can change the, the – we can change the color of the card – anytime we want to, but he's a draw four wild card. He's the guy that, that we can literally come in and say, we need to score a touchdown, and we've got about a minute and a half to do it. And he's one of those pieces that we can catch it out of the backfield, that we can throw it. You know, he can decoy out in the flat and, and draw some defense to where we can get one-on-one on the outside. He's a difference maker. And, and the thing is, you got to have those to build programs. He, but I also look at the flip side of it is, what are we giving up? to get it you, you know what i'm saying like because you, you look at that who i just said ty chandler uh eric gray tim jordan uh and then any of the other carlin fills of me he'll be back this year which one of those guys say i'm out if this guy comes i'm out and and here's the thing we don't get to pick because with all due respect i like them all but i don't want to lose eric gray or ty chandler i think that's one and two or maybe one a and one b but that's, in my opinion, we would lose one of those before we'd lose the other ones because I, or maybe Tim Jordan's the guy. But but I think you, you don't want to lose any of what we've got uh, with an unknown of what we're getting. Well, we, we've got a quarterback coming in here, Wayno, and he's going to be a gunslinger. He's going to challenge JG. That's going to be big. When he drops back, he can be a little – Kansas City quarterback esque. He can look homey, my homey, home, my homes. He can look it over, look it over, run it. That's a plus for a good running back. Having Green as your outside guy is a plus. Having the offensive line is a plus. Jay Graham coming in here. Jay's a super recruiter. He can coach him up with the best. He's coached some of the better running backs that have gone on to the NFL, and. Uh, you've said a lot about 
A&M's coach being kind of a, a used car salesman. We're going to find out in the next few months what kind of a and oh. Oakland Raiders <laughs> owner Al Davis said Lane Kiffin could convince you uh, to jump off a cliff. He, he's just that convincing. But I'll tell you this, and I, I've I've uh, I have exercised the demons that I had against Lane Kiffin. Okay, but I'll tell you, he gets Zach Evans. You better send the send the investigators down there now. Because it just ain't like that. He did it with Bryce Brown, and now he's if he does it with Zach Evans, it just don't work like that. Surely Zach will look around. Hmm. Five plus, five stars blocking for me. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, but we do have orange colored glasses, Ben. But I feel like I feel like those are those are measurables uh, that that work with whatever glasses you got on. Well, I'm excited with T. Hodge after going to that state championship game, being down there on the sideline. You talking about a Division One A specimen? Well, I mean, he's a man. He's he a man among boys. I'm telling you, he's a stud. And and you know the thing is, is he's going to be a nice piece uh, to get in there and learn, and to be able to get in there with Eric Gray and and understand some of those those nuances of. Of, of vision and, and things like that because T's been able to be a power back. And, and one of these things is when you're a Division One talent, uh, you can outrun a lot of people. Uh, and when you get to the Southeastern Conference, you got to learn how to how to cut through people instead of trying to run through them. And I'm excited about, you know, watching him a whole season w- without him being injured. But Coach Fulmer, he's excited, man, about this upcoming team. Uh, he's, he's even talking about taking a few chunks out of people's rear ends. They get in their way. Did you hear that? I played <laughs> that on Friday. I, I played that little snippet because he can say it. I can't. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's hot to trot. And like I told, I said on Friday, I said, I don't think he's writing checks he don't think Pruitt can cash. I think he's got some faith. Now, granted, uh, is, it, is it grounded well? We'll find out. But I think, you know, I think they've got to understand the steam they've got going, and I think they've got to understand um, what it would mean for Tennessee to be back. Because I think, I think you know, success breeds success. We talk about that. As much as, as, as Nick Saban had success quickly at Alabama, I think it's just, a, it's just a matter of time. If Tennessee can have success, then recruits want to come here. Our in-state recruits are as good as they've ever been as far as volume of in-state recruits. So we've just got to, you know, kind of anchor this state and then, uh, and then of course, uh, go get who we want to get. And, and I think Zach Evans is, is a piece that could start that, that snowball down the hill, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? One that we've taken not only Jim Chaney, not only that we've taken D'Angelo Gibbs, not only that we've taken now Cade Mays, but the fact that we could potentially put Zach Evans opposite of the team he he signed his letter of intent with i think there's a big piece that says tennessee's coming and it may not be 2020 it may be 2021 but this team is 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 quickly uh being able to match up uh evenly with anybody they play you got to get excited jim cheney i'm real excited about his imagination with the the o you got to be excited about uh her top-notch recruiters but wayno uh I recently found this out. I'm sure you know about it. Everybody knows that Georgia's theme was uh, to be the goal, spend the most of anybody in the nation in recruiting, and they did. They even spent more than Alabama. Alabama comes in second. But I recently learned that we were the third highest in the entire nation as far as saying, hey, this recruitment process is important, 
and we're throwing down the money, go get your guys. But for some reason, Wayne, know Georgia is taking a dip and a hit, and uh, some of those middle players like uh, us and some of the up-and-comers are, uh, are trying to move up on them, and the, you talk about it a lot, the parity. It's <laughs> going to be exciting this fall to, to see the younger guys try to move up a little bit. <laughs> Let's get to a break. I, I would say, you know, Kirby's having to replace coaches. That means payroll goes down. And where's payroll hit? We'll see if uh, if that if that bodes true. But nonetheless, recruiting is a thing that is year round now. Zach Evans has a decision to make, and we won't find out about it till June. But right now, I say, why not Orange? Why not Tennessee? We'll see what he thinks when we come back. We're going to talk XFL. We're going to talk the games that were and the the new league that covers the spring. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King has a huge selection of workwear and outerwear for men and women, including clothes from Ariat, Burn, Carhartt, Columbia, Wrangler, and RK Jeans for Men. And now, Rule King is introducing Lincoln Outfitter Jeans for Women. Lincoln Outfitter Women's Jeans have sizes from 4 to 24 and are designed to offer comfort, style, and performance that are just $19.99. Check out the complete selection of workwear and the all-new Lincoln Outfitter Women's Jeans only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. A workshop on human trafficking is presented by Natalie Ivey, Executive Director of the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking. It'll be 10 a.m. to 12 noon, February 22nd at the Chilhowee Club, 223 Clarion Avenue in Maryville. Parking is behind the building. It's open to everyone. For more information, contact Jamie Daly at 865-661-90. 55. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and Maine support receives 20% of all sales. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, and we're grinding it out right here on a Monday edition. Boone uh, talked a little bit in the onset about the XFL and, and what the weekend looked like, but it had on Saturday the Seattle Dragons taking on the D.C. Defenders, the L.A. Wildcats, and the Houston Roughnecks. Sunday had the Tampa Bay Viking Vipers uh, against the New York Guardians, and then the nightcap was the St. Louis Battlehawks at the Dallas Renegades. Dallas, of course, the uh, heralded team, as Bob Stoops is the head coach, Hal Mummy's the offensive coordinator, and uh, a little bit of college football flair there as uh, it's been the one that we can look to uh, and, and really take take some college football uh, fandom to. I thought it was uh, an interesting game, an interesting weekend, as uh, as all the games were really good. I mean, the only game that, that really got out of hand, per se, uh, was the, the Guardians and the Vipers, and the Guardians just, uh, I think it was 23-9, to was the final, so it didn't get uh, well out of hand. But uh, some key points, Boone, I thought that were really cool. The kickoffs are interesting. Have you seen those? Simon says, everyone stand still for the safety of the kick returner. That was freaky, was it not? Well, it's weird. It's like the it's like a game of Pong or something because you've got the lines there and then you've got the kicker way back here and the returner way back here. But it, it adds a, a level of... Uh, I mean, kind of like a one line of defense and, and it's over kind of deal because that if that guy gets a full head of steam, uh, he can flat run it all the way back. And then the kicker uh, has to, you know, he doesn't have to really worry about uh, people getting downfield. They kind of start ahead of him. Uh, so I, I like that portion of it. I think it for something that had kind of got a little, I don't know, stale 
I mean, I think kick returns are a little stale anymore because it goes into the end zone and, um, you, you know, you're like, well, that was a waste of about 20 seconds. You know, it, it's like guys that now are on special teams, they run out there and they don't even get to do anything. We, we like the curiosity element. We like to be curious about something. And like you said, the NFL right now, our biggest curiosity is, can he hit a field goal from 70 yards? Hey, through the uprights. Yeah, yeah I like the uh, the difference, the curiosity, being satisfied and seeing how it turns out here on that point. Now, what, what did you think about some of the other rule changes? Like, I love the running clock all the way down to two minutes. You know, I, I love that. I love the 25-second play clock because it's like they're always in two-minute drill. I, I love that fact. And then I thought, you know, quite frankly, I was nervous. I, I even sat on the air, and, and I was like, if it's just senior bowl level, I'll take it. And this was this was good. Like, there were a couple teams that, I mean, they're they're ready to, to, to be good at this thing. And, and you know, good good receivers that could catch a ball with contact and, and you know, caught it at, with their hands, not their body. I mean, this was – there was some good talent out there. Now, granted, was it – was it down in and down out like the perfect game? No, but I think that that's almost why we love college football. That's why we love it because not everybody's you know, you know it's not the NBA where everybody's a first round draft pick. You know, there's a little bit of parity. I love that word obviously, but there's a little bit of parity and there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of hard over over you know, a hard over talent kind of thing. People who want it a little bit more seem to get it. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I know I had really two really big disappointments. Uh, of course, I love the miking up. You can tell us about that. Different people mic'd up. But I kept waiting for Johnny Manziel to come out as the dastardly evil commish and be the evil guy. And I, I just got disappointed. There was no Johnny anywhere. And then I kept waiting for Antonio Brown to suddenly appear and rush in for a Royal Rumble. But I, I'll be honest with you, I, I was kind of glad. Uh, I, I've had enough of Antonio and the blonde mustache, but how'd you like the miking up? Who all gets the mic now? I mean, looks like about anybody that wants it. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think the uh, I saw all the head coaches were mic'd up. I saw the offensive coordinators were mic'd up, and the quarterbacks were mic'd Cheerleader up. Cheerleader or leader? Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I didn't see any of that, but I mean, maybe. Maybe you know they just might not have had a whole lot to say this week. So you but, could you could hear the, the the terminology and you you know it's a pass or a run and and I couldn't I couldn't help but think the the inner Houston Astros and everybody was like they're gonna figure out what that play means. How are they gonna keep doing that? Blah blah blah. And and I don't know. Maybe maybe there's it's kind of that whole same deal. You know, it's about you know you pick up what's important from this point and and go with it. But. Uh, but here's what I say. I say it's awesome the fact that, you know, soon as a, a big catch is made, if he goes to the sideline to get a breather, Pat McAfee's got a got a he's got a microphone in his face. I love it. And now granted, this and, and it's cool because these guys aren't untouchable. You know what I'm saying? Like the average the average player in the XFL makes fifty five K a year. That's not that's not stupid money. Like that's a, I better, you know, I got to balance my checkbook kind of money. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I like about this league. I love that there's money on the line every week. The winner of every football game gets 100,000 to spread across the team. I love that. And the fact that, that, you know, you see guys that, that were out there that used to suit up for Tennessee. You know, I like that. You know, Latroy Lewis 
played for Houston. Uh, I think uh, I think it was maybe DC had Khalil McKenzie on it, and then uh, oh, there was one more. I think it was Abernathy uh, was playing on a, on a team. So there's a little bit of a little bit of college football flair, but I love the weekend because I thought you know when you're hearing the offensive coordinator mic'd up, when you hear what they're saying, and and it was funny because last night the Battlehawks. You know they were love the, that name. They were the what, underdogs. What's a battle hawk, Wayno? I don't know. I think it's another word for a fighting chicken. But oh. either way, uh, but you know they were the underdog going into Dallas. Like Dallas is the favorite for the league right now uh, because of Bob Stoops and company. But uh, you know they got Jordan Tamu. You remember Tamu from Ole Miss? <clears throat> oh yeah, that's their quarterback. And, uh, and and there was a play where you know they had some uh, technical difficulties with their headsets, so they were having to basically call the play to the the head coach and then the head coach was signaled to the quarterback and it with a 25 second play clock that kind of pushes the issue a little bit well tamu got all tore up and came to the sideline after a timeout and's like you've got to be faster getting me the play looking at his head coach telling him this and he goes you'll be fine you'll be fine and just taps him on the back i loved it because it's that dynamic that you don't you don't see in the nfl you don't hear because it's it's a corporate environment, you know what I'm saying, and so I I don't know. I thought it was a really good first weekend. I, I'm still I'm waiting to see, you know, some of the the big stars step up and, and get after it. But I, I thought opening weekend you saw Cardell Jones, DC defenders take care of business there. You saw the Houston Roughnecks uh, really really kind of step out there with a lot of players that I'd never heard before and get it done against the LA Wildcats, the Guardians of New York. I, I you know we kind of tongue-in-cheek say the best team in New York but uh, at this point it is and then the Dallas Renegades fall in their opening matchup at home to the St. Louis Battlehawks a team that was really uh, maybe even a double-digit underdog uh, in this matchup but another thing I liked about the weekend is they don't kick extra points three options yeah kick go for go for it from the two go for it from the five and go for it from the ten and that's a one two or three point extra point i'm gonna love what that does to the coaching strategy be interesting to watch that yeah i I thought it was interesting they had uh they had troy aikman there yesterday at the dallas game and they were asking him you know do they does he think any of these rules may make it to the nfl and he says i think i think so he said i think they need to they need to get their eyes open and watch what's going on because these rules are to make the game better you know it is different but it is to make it better so i thought i thought he brought a really good point and i thought I thought there was a lot more um, interaction with the NFL with this league. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I saw, you know, you saw the, the the even the referees. Some of those guys were were NFL refs. Some of them were college refs uh, and a lot of things. But it, it it seems like they're putting backing with this league to make sure it doesn't fail year you know halfway through year one like the AAF did. You know what I think's a good move is playing some games on Saturday. Then everybody can talk about it and then come back on Sunday. If this thing really takes off, they would possibly, I would guess, consider a Monday game. Well, what I love about it is is there's nobody battling for, you know, no no uh, no pun intended on the Battlehawks, but uh, n- nobody's fighting for, for a spot on the on the network. You know what I'm saying? They're they're independent. Each game has its own time slot, and I just think I, I think cool. it's a really good thing. Hey, I like the uh, the personnel, the cast of characters. They've got the all-time NCAA rush, rushing champ, old Donnell Pumphrey. Um, they've got Matt Elam. Do you remember him? He was a first-round NFL pick from Florida. From Florida. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I remember the Battle <laughs> Chickens. They they've got three offensive linemen. Uh, of course, they predict who's going to be the best. When you've got a good running back that Christine Michael played for the Seahawks, and the Battle Chickens have those three big wide uglies, that they'll rush the ball with the best of them. The Battle Chickens. So shall it be said, so shall it be. Boone said it, so that's where they're going to be for the rest of the season. Battle Chickens from St. Louis. That's the name. But the XFL, we talked it. Zach Evans, we talked it. And Tennessee, Kentucky, we talked it. If you liked it, check it out online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and thegrindonsports.com. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. Grind on.